Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, White Sox fans. It's Crystal O'Keefe with episode 25 of Visiting Dugout, brought to you by the Southside Sox, a part of Fans First Sports Network. Today on the show, I have my friend Ed Hand. He comes from sites like Pesky Report and Sox Prospects. And he is the original caretaker of the Trustometer. <laughs> and he is here to talk all things Red Sox. So, hello, Ed. Would Hi, you Crystal. like to anything to that? It's good to it's good to be here. Uh, yeah, my name is Ed Hand. I am the social media manager for SoxProspects.com, uh, which is the scouting site for the Red Sox. I'm also a co-host on the Pesky Report, and I was a um, like a free agent analyst on Rob Bradford's baseball isn't boring last winter. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really good to be here. We've had Crystal on a couple of times, so it's kind of nice to be able to return the favor there. Yeah, for sure. I love working with you guys. You're always fun. So <laughs> we've got this series coming up um, that Bailey, you know, once Bailey and I once dubbed the laundry series. So we've got, the American League East, that is like a juggernaut of divisions right now. Every team is above 500. Obviously, the Rays came out of the gate just swinging. The Orioles have been a really pleasant surprise for probably everyone not in your division. Um, you guys, Yeah, that's are, accurate. Yeah. You guys are sitting at 520 but are still in last place because of how crazy this division is. So... What is going on in Boston, and how do you climb that leaderboard? Um, that's that's tough to say. Uh, it's it is a very difficult division. The Red Sox have been 
they've just they've been inconsistent when they're good they're really really good and they'll go on like an eight game winning streak or more recently a six game winning streak and when they're bad they look like they're you know they're missing plays that even a like softball team would make so there's it's it's been a lot of inconsistency which can be frustrating it's it's I, I think what you want from your baseball team is generally like if we're talking about a graph, you want it to be like a straight train. You don't want it to be lots of peaks and valleys. And there have been so far lots of peaks and valleys, high highs, low lows. Um, recently, you know, they went on a six game winning streak and then they lost to one of which was pretty winnable. And one of which, um, you know, Joe Ryan decided that he was going to be completely unhittable, which, you know, good, good for Joe Ryan. I'm uh, very happy for the twins getting him for two months of uh, Nelson Cruz, but that was not the most fun. Uh, if you're a Red Sox fan yesterday. Yeah. I was watching a little bit of that game because I, I wrote about it for pitcher list this morning. And I was like, oof, I don't even want to bring that up tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, no. I mean, it's good. I, I have no beef with the Twins. Joe Ryan's a good pitcher, but, yes. you know, just frustrating to watch as a Red Sox fan. <laughs> That's fair. So I wanted to talk about the Trustometer, just in case some people are confused. I think it's a funny and very fun concept, but do you mind? Oh, you know, yeah. Maybe? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, the Trustometer started a couple of years ago. I forget the exact date, but I well, the Red Sox bullpen in 2021 was, was pretty bad. Like Hansel Robles, they traded for um, at the deadline. He ended up being their savior. So that kind of give you gives you an idea of the state that um, it was in. And I kind of just wanted to gauge, okay, there are stats on these players, but how much do I actually trust them when they come in? And I sort of started ranking them that way. And sometimes, the, usually, I think more often than not, the stats do back them up. But, you know, you know how the bullpen can be where you're a reliever, you have one really bad outing, and it sets off your ERA for the rest of the season. So it's sort of a good way to, to gauge that and um, just not be totally reactionary when a guy has a bad game. So like, you know, like Kenley Jansen earlier this year, he got his 400th save and then immediately blew his next two saves. And people were, you know, get Kenley out of here, get him out of here. And it was like, well, he had two bad outings. Like maybe, maybe let's, let's put him down to number three on the list for now. But when you're updating it every day, you kind of notice the trends and you can, you know, you're not going to kick somebody from number one to number seven in one day. It's a gradual process. Um, but that's how the Trustometer originated. The art on it, um, which is, uh, I, I made uh, the initial one, was just done in five minutes on MS Paint. And then this year I got really stoned and did it in about a half hour. And uh, it's, it's, it's kind of, I consider it the, uh, the Eric Andre style uh, baseball graphics. That is, that is how I would call uh, the Trustometer artwork. But yeah, I do that every day for every game, unless it's just nothing happens, in which case it will just be the same for a little bit longer. But if you go to my uh, my Twitter at EdHand89, it's pinned to the top uh, top of the page, so you can see it there if, uh, if you're curious. It's very beautiful. The artwork is just just perfect. I have a hat with that on it. That's like the one thing that I've bought from our merch site was uh, the hat of my MS Paint design. <laughs> I I didn't I looked at your store the other day and I didn't even realize that was in there. I gotta go back and look now. Yeah, we've got that and we've got the Hogdale hat, which I'm or the Hogdale shirt. I don't know which one it is, but I'm a little annoyed about that because it's like an brand um, the guy who makes it, Brandon Brewer, who is 
terrific, absolutely phenomenal guy to work with. But for Hogdale, my co-host, um, he made like an animated face of him, and I wanted the real Hogdale's face on a shirt, so I won't, I won't buy it. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. So, Brandon Walter, what can you tell me about him? I know, I think he just made his debut last night, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Um, made his debut last night. Kind of a late bloomer. He was. Uh, he made his debut as a 26-year-old. Everything's kind of thrown off from uh, the, 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 the COVID season. So the age doesn't really matter as much there, but he was a late round draft pick uh, back when the, I think it was 26th round back when the draft was still 40 rounds and kind of, uh, kind of developed at a university of Delaware. Um, I don't think that there were terribly high expectations for him, but he just absolutely, especially the last two years um, prior to 2022. So 21 and then the first half of 22, he was absolutely a dominant force at high a and uh, double a. Throws slider, uh, most more of a control guy than a um, like somebody that's going to overpower you. But the slider is considered one of the more difficult pitches to hit in the system. Um, added a cutter to that arsenal recently as a changeup. Um, struggled this year in AAA. He had a neck injury um, to end last season, so he got called up to AAA and didn't really make it for very long before he got hurt. And this season's been more of a struggle, but of late he was pitching a little bit better. He didn't exactly get the promotion to the big leagues because he was just so dominant in triple a it was more of a lack of depth and he was on the 40 man but he clearly can pitch he went six and two thirds um out of the bullpen they used uh justin garza as an opener and then brought him in and he kind of salvaged the bullpen and that joe ryan uh uh jeb but he's um, he's one of, he's interesting. He's one of these guys that I'm kind of curious to see what his role is going to be moving forward. If they use him as a depth guy, if he's like a number five starter, um, you know, he's he had the potential. I think prior to this season that like if everything went right, he might be a middle of the rotation starter. Um, hasn't really gone that way so far. But you know, he's still he's still relatively young at 26 and getting his first taste of the majors. But it was it was definitely encouraging. He didn't strike it out a ton of guys, but he induced a lot of weak contact, and that you know that that he got out, so that's what they really needed for him. Plus, left-handed with a plus slider yeah. that's going to be that's going to play even if it's as a reliever rather than a starter. Well, every team needs a good like innings eater that will at least get the outs and not completely blow it. So and and we just had a 29 year old make his MLB debut the other well, night. That's always exciting when so, that happens. Yeah, it's never too late. But the whole reason I asked about him, obviously, the injury bug has really hit you guys. Reese McGuire is going to be out. Tanner, Helps. yeah, your old friend Reese. Yeah, well, <laughs> best friends. Uh, Tanner's having surgery. Shortstop situation seems dire. A few relievers are out. We'll talk about another one next. I'm sure you know what that is. But is your farm team able to handle this? Or is this like a Red Sox need to be immediate buyers? Um, I, I would say more towards the latter that they do need. Uh, the triple A depth isn't great at the moment. They just brought up David Hamilton, who's exceptionally fast. Uh, he stole 70 bases at double A last year. Had 26 steals and 11 homers at triple A this year. So he's doing pretty well there but he's not um his defense is more suited for second base than shortstop um the shortstop situation has been 
it's just been a revolving door. Um, you know, it was supposed to be Tra- Trevor Story. He had uh, he had like the pseudo Tommy John with like the uh, the elbow brace. So he's they think he'll be able to come back come August. So it's sort of like just hold out until then. Um, but since then, it's been uh, Kike Hernandez uh, who. You know, plays great defense in every position except for shortstop. He's leading the league in uh, in errors. Hilariously, it, it, they've mostly been on throws. Like if it, like he can make all the plays there, he just can't throw it straight. It's like he has the yips at shortstop for some reason. Uh, so he moved off for Yu Chang, who didn't really hit that well, but his glove was like I can't I can't tell you how much I enjoyed watching Yu Chang play defense. Mm-hmm. But of course, he got uh, he broke a hamite bone. He's supposed to be back by now. The rehab hasn't gone that well, so he's that's just got it back, put back on the sixty-day yeah. IL. Um, so from Yu Cheng, when they went back to Kike Hernandez, who just continued making errors, then they brought in Pablo Reyes off of the uh, AAA uh, team for the A's. I have, which is kind of like wow, that's really desperate. But you look at what he's done this year, and he's hitting over three hundred. It's like not a huge sample size, but he's played very good defense, uh, but then he had some kind of an abdominal issue a couple days ago, got into a game, and then they took him out, so um, it looks like it's Kike. It's like a mix of Kike and uh, David Hamilton, and a little bit of Christian Arroyo, I guess, can play there mm-hmm. if you need him to. Uh, Reyes hasn't been put on the IL yet, so maybe he'll be able to come back, but they're really just treading water until they can have Story come back in August, so I wouldn't say that's one of the immediate buyer positions, um, with catcher, though, I mean, they don't really have any depth behind uh, Connor Wong and Reese McGuire, who, as we mentioned, uh, did something to his oblique. So, and, and you know how oblique injuries can be. He could be out for a yeah. couple weeks. He could be out for the rest of the season. Um, it's not that Reese McGuire was what one would consider to be a world beater, but he's a solid number two catcher. Like, you can put him in the back of your lineup, have him catch a couple of days a week and not feel completely terrible about it. Yeah. They don't really have anybody after him, though. They had Jorge Alfaro to start the season, who was a good hitter. And um, I can say this going to a lot. I cover the Woo Sox um, for... I do data streaming for them, so I'm at a lot of their games. And his, his defense mate was it made the pitching at triple a worse. So I, he was hitting like three forty. They are opted out of this contract. He's with the Rockies now, but the guy that they brought up, Caleb Hamilton is what you would consider to be an emergency up and down catcher. So he's somebody that you have there for this exact situation. You don't want to have to depend on him. Um, so Connor Wong, who is having a very good year. I don't think people expected him, his defense particularly to be as strong as it's been. But it's catcher. You can't play him every day. So they need to get something out of Hamilton or they're going to have to trade for somebody or figure something out if McGuire's going to be missing a lot of time. Um, Then with pitching, that's, I mean, Brandon Walter got brought up for that reason. I think he had an ERA above six in AAA. So, you know, that's what you're bringing up. And he did a good job in that first first outing. I think he's a better pitcher than those numbers indicate. I actually think he's he's one of, just going back to him, he's one of, the, I've gotten the chance to talk to him a few times, and he's just one of these guys that knows how to pitch and is completely fearless. You don't go from being a 26th round pick to being on the 40 uh, roster by accident. You know, there's so many guys you have to outpitch to do that, and you're so much lower on the totem pole or whatever the expression would be for that now. Um right. <laughs> 
he needs to he he need he needed to have the confidence in himself and the ability to do that. So I think he can pitch at the big league level, but they're still short a couple of starters there after the Chris Sale injury also, which I'm is that the one you were gonna mention next? Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> Another White Sox. There's been a bunch of these White Sox, Red Sox trades. I know. We have a lot of old common friends. Yeah, it's it's it, 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 it's refreshing in some ways and a little <laughs> bit of a Debbie Downer in some other ways. But the rotation isn't, I think, as dire as like the shortstop situation has been or the catching depth is because they do have Brian Bayo has been very good. Garrett Whitlock, since coming off the IL, has been really good. James Paxton has been... Um, at, I think to the surprise of just about everybody, because he they gave him $10 million last year. He didn't pitch a single game. Um, and he opted back in for $4 million, and people thought, oh, here we go again. He's, he's taking free money from the Red Sox, and he's pitched like an ace. He's been an absolute workhorse for them. So those are three solid starters there. And then you also have um, Cutter Crawford, who pitched five shutout innings at his last, uh, last start, and probably better as a relief pitcher, but... You know, you can't really be choosy right now. It's like people want it. At the beginning of the season, it was, oh, I want Hauk in the rotate. I, I don't want him in the rotation. I want him in the bullpen. And then you had other people that wanted Whitlock in the bullpen. But they've got a decent amount of homegrown starters right now. It's like three out of four. Like If you count Walter as the fifth guy, four out of five of their starters are homegrown. I don't remember the last time there was a Red Sox team like that. But if another guy gets hurt, then, you know, then you might be thinking about moving Nick Pavetta back into the rotation, which oh, wow. based on how he pitched before wasn't uh, wasn't ideal. Or Corey Kluber, who is their big starting pitching free agent, has been just um, a shell of, of the man that won two Cy Young Awards. Um, it's not – they're almost at their limit with depth. So they, they really can't take another hit there. But for the time being, they can hold out for right now. Well, that's good. So with with Chris Sale, once again injured list with a stress reaction in his left scapula. Doesn't sound good, but that you know, it's his pitching arm. So, do you think he's actually going to return, or or do you think he's done? Because I I talk about this too with Jacob Degrom. You know, they're both around my age. I could not think, you know, at thirty six that someone like that should be pitching and they are constantly, you know, on and off this injured list with issues with their pitching arm. So is he going to return and close out the year or do you think his career is just done? Like this is the end all injury. Um, that's, I mean, it's a good question. You never, I mean, they're, they're very different injuries with DeGrom too, because that was Tommy John and that's his mm-hmm. second Tommy John. This is like a stress fracture in his, I think it's his shoulder blade. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's not good, obviously. He's on the 60-day IL, but he doesn't need surgery for it, uh, at least as of now. I think the day he can come back would be in August. Um, I would expect if he does come back that it's closer to September just because you need to ramp that up. And it sucks because he was really starting to get back into form. He was, he was, he he had a very good, I think it was a month, his month of May after a really terrible April. Yeah. So that's, you know, nobody is going to compete harder than him. Nobody's going to try to come back harder than he is. I'm not going to sit on the wall with this one, though. I do think he's going to come back. I just don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy again. I, I, 
it, it you can't really depend on him at this stage of his career for for much anything you get as a bonus uh they're very very lucky that they got what they got out of paxton to kind of fill in for that mm-hmm. it's not an ideal situation um you know it, it, we look back at these trades and i don't think that the red sox would change anything with the actual trade Mm-mm. for sale i think that if they could redo that extension they probably would do it again um to the point that i actually think that might be what cost dave dombrowski his job here yeah probably yeah i know both sides were actually very happy with that trade which is not super common but you know i love michael kopech and will defend him even on my deathbed even if he's bad so but yeah, it, it's so it's such a bummer with Chris Sale because he is so talented and he's just maybe his personality isn't great, but I try to do some mental gymnastics around that because he is such a, a great pitcher. But I just hope he has some sort of resemblance of what he once was, because like you said, May, he was looking like vintage Chris Sale again. Yeah, no, the resemblance was definitely there and if you can get even a little bit of that back, like 80% vintage Chris Sale is still pretty good. 70% is pretty good. They just, you know, if they just need the innings from him, even if he's like, he comes back as a reliever or something mm-hmm. that could help them out. Uh, if they're still in the playoff run, knock on wood, but in the playoff race, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's not fun to have, when your when your ace breaks down like that, and most teams aren't like the Rangers, where like your big playoff acquisition is the only one that doesn't really go very well for you. Right. I mean, between that and Kluber, um, I mean, most of the, to be honest, most of the playoff, sorry, most of the um, off season moves the Red Sox made have actually worked out for them. Mm-hmm. But they could definitely stand to get another starter because, like I was saying, right now they can kind of hold out, but the depth is starting to get a little low right so away from Chris Sale even though I could talk about him for hours on end (laughs) where do you see the Red Sox sitting by September do you think the situation will actually improve oh that's a really good question I think it's going to be more of the same the big turning factor is Trevor's story how he looks when he comes back because if he comes back and he's like you know Colorado Rockies prime Trevor Story, then you have a gold glove caliber shortstop and like a 30 home run right-handed bat, which is something that they've needed. So that could be the real, uh, the real tide turner. But I think that, I think, what did I predict? I think I predicted 86 wins at the beginning of the season for them. And the reason for that was because they're, they're kind of a 500 team. There Mm -hmm. are, they have strengths. They have weaknesses. The weaknesses are pretty glaring. The strengths are pretty nice. And they've gotten some good performances from players. Um, Alex Verdugo's really taken a step forward. Um, not a, You might not notice it in the off. I mean, he's leading the league in doubles, only five homers, but his defense has improved substantially. He's currently around a three-war player uh, at this point in the season. So he's been good. Um, Masataka Yoshida, a little bit streaky, but he's going to be competing for the batting title come September, and that'll be fun to watch. He can, he can flat out hit, and it's he's only if he stays healthy, it's only going to get better. The more accustomed to you, um, American pitcher he is, mm-hmm. uh, Justin Turner's been, especially in this month, he's been on an absolute tear. I um, he was there. 
Yeah, he's not just there. He's hitting like 286 with, I yeah. think, 11 home runs or something right now. He absolutely demolished the Yankees. He had like a game where he had two home runs. One of them was a grand slam double, I think. Um, he's been he's been impressive. And just like, you don't realize it, Watt, because you only see him when they play the Dodgers, which doesn't happen a lot. Mm-hmm. But he just puts up quality at bat after quality at bat. He takes his walks. He goes to the opposite field. He's a good hitter um but 38 years old how much can you depend on that in the stretch run yeah um jaron duran's taken a nice step forward um they've got again they've got three starters that have been pretty consistent the bullpen's been excellent uh really legitimate closer in kenley jansen who will sometimes frustrate you but mostly is good to shut down the game chris martin's been one of the best setup men in the league for my money josh winkowski has converted seamlessly to the bullpen. He can give you one inning, he can give you three innings. I think he's leading the league in um, innings pitched out of the bullpen. That might have changed now, but because uh, he had he got sick or something and they weren't using him as much, but he has, I think, close to 40 innings, something like that. Um, Brennan Bernardino, they've had a couple of good little like waiver finds. Bernardino's a lefty reliever that's just, you know, he's just gotten outs for them. So they've they've got some good some good areas. But there are some aforementioned weaknesses as well. Second base has not been ideal. Uh, Christian Arroyo just can't stay healthy. He he has his nice little tears that he goes on sometimes. But like he went, I think he went five for five the other day or something like that. Um, but he just can't stay healthy, and he has stretches where he also looks like he can't hit. Um, shortstop has obviously been gl- glaring hole. Um, Raphael Devers just hasn't. It's funny because you look at, like, he's he's one of the top guys in the league in home runs mm-hmm. and RBIs, but he just hasn't been Rafael Devers. He's not – he hasn't put together that stretch where he's just, like, the best hitter in the league, and that's something that I think he knows, and it's it's hurt them a bit. They've had been fortunate that Turner's been able to step in and Yoshida's been able to get hot, but they need more from Devers. Uh, Tristan Cassis has been kind of a, uh, a polarizing figure here. He's the rookie first baseman uh, for them. And he had a very rough month of April where I think he hit 137 and was just trying to walk too much. But he's gotten hot in the month of uh, June and looks to have, you know, as rookies do sometimes, it's been a slow start, but he seems to be adjusting to the league. Uh, I still think 86 wins. I don't think anything's really changed for me there. That's I think mm-hmm. they'll be like five games over 500 at the end of the year, and we'll see if that gets them a, a playoff spot or not. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's fair. So the one question I love to ask people, it's kind of a, a double question, but who is your MVP candidate right now on the team? But on the other end, who would you be willing to put on the trading block? Um, who would I put on the trading block? Like, would people actually want to trade for them? Or is it just somebody that I'm hoping to the team gets rid of? <laughs> you're, you're just hoping they get rid of. Um. Okay, yeah. I mean, the MVP right now for the team, I would. I mean, it's it, it's kind of a no brainer. It's Alex Verdugo. Um, he's the defense has just been so much better this year in right field. He's people were there were questions if he was going to be capable of playing it, and he's been a he's been. I mean, right field at Fenway is hard to play, and he's handled it pretty seamlessly. He's got a great arm. Occasionally, he makes kind of a silly play, but like who, who doesn't? Um, and the bat's been. He's finally. Fig- I, I I was saying this about him. If he ever figures out how to focus for an entire season and just go to the opposite field. He's going to win a batting title and hit 50 doubles and he's leading the league in doubles right now. So I'm halfway, I'm halfway there on that one. Uh, he's been the pretty clear MVP. I mean, and as far as guys that I'd like them to trade, I mean, I, there, I, I don't really actively dislike players. It's kind of like, Oh, this guy's struggling, but maybe he can figure this out. I, I, I don't know. Like maybe it's just from, like being around the guy to play, but like there's a, there's a lot of work that goes into it and being able to make it to the big leagues and to stay in the big leagues. It's, it's really, baseball's hard. So I don't like wish like, you know, like when somebody's struggling, it's like, Oh, send them to the moon. It's like, no, maybe like let them work on it and try to try to fix it. This isn't easy, but I mean, you got a Corey Kluber's on the IL right now, but you kind of got to wish they were getting something, anything from him other than the guy, your mop up guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Bobby Dalbeck who's in AAA and has been absolutely mashing there, but he's kind of like a man without a, a role. I, I'd like, I think it would be better for him and better for the Red Sox to be able to move him. Maybe that's the kind of guy you can trade for a number two catcher. If a team needs a first baseman or a third baseman or a right-handed DH or something. Um, but it's sort of wasting his talents right now in AAA. And I, I say this watching him, he hit a truck. So at the AAA stadium in Worcester, there's like an Amtrak train that'll go by the stadium sometimes. And Dahlbeck actually hit one off of the train earlier this week. It's only the second time I've ever seen that happen, uh, which is just super cool. Like, can you imagine being on a train going by like a stadium and suddenly something just nails the wind? <laughs> That's wild. I love that. Oh, he's actually in one of our audience questions. So I've pulled questions from people on Twitter. Um, they're all actually just really funny, almost jokey questions. Good, let's so, do it. We've got, what is the weirdest thing that has ever happened inside the Red Monster? 
the red mon the green monster. Oh yeah. Why I'm so oh, yes. It's green red monster. with it's it's red with its victim's blood. Yes. I'm thinking I put red socks, red monster. I have a shirt that even says green monster, but no, yeah. no, I feel you. Um the weirdest <laughs> thing is that probably Manny Ramirez running inside of it to 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 take a pee in the middle of in between innings. I think that happened once. I'd imagine like the operator there has brought like a lady friend inside at some point or a man friend inside at some point, and who knows what happened after that. That's fair. That would got, be my answer. We have what is Bobby Dalbeck's real age? I think he's 27. He looks like he has like a child's face and like yeah. a man body. <laughs> like you, you He's even bigger looking, like, up close, too. Like, he's just, he's like, um, he's like if you stacked a couple of barrels on top of each other and then taped some barrels, like, on top of those. Like, he's just a, that is a large man, and he mo he moves really well for someone his size, though. Like, he's he's pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a baby, though. I think that yeah. was the origin of that question. Yeah, so does Raphael Devers. Like, they have a thing yes. for babyface third baseman. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have how pesky is pesky's pull. Uh, depends on if things are going well for you or not. Sometimes it's great when, like, your guy hits one off of it, but then if somebody else does, it's very, it's very pesky. It's very annoying. <laughs> I, I've sat right behind it before. That was fun. That's my usual seats will be in section 33 or section 34, because, like, you get it, you have to crank your neck a little bit, but it's mm -hmm. like a good, you're close to the action, there's a chance of getting a foul ball, and it's very easy to move up if, like, people start to leave. You can kind of access better seats very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Oh, we've got, will Tristan Cassis ever perform in the majors like he uh, did in the Olympics asking for a dynasty team? Uh, I would say yes. I would say please be patient on a 23-year-old rookie who's not even through his third month of the majors, I think. I actually just before I started made a tweet about this. Um, and yeah, the month of uh, June, he's... Uh, 80 plate appearances. Um, he has a 268, 375, 456 slash line, five doubles, two home runs, nine RBI, and his uh, strikeout rate is uh, to walk rate. He's 12 walks to 17 strikeouts. So he's improved uh, quite a bit this month. Um, and that kind of is consistent with the trend. He improved a bit in May. He was terrible in April. So the trend is upwards with him. Maybe he takes a hit in July. Who knows? Develop player development isn't always linear, but he has a, an elite skill set in his like raw power and in his ability to take pitches. He can hit, he can get velocity, which I, you know, um, Joan Duran, who I'm sure you've seen plenty of uh, with the Twins, their closer there, he mm -hmm. hit a game tying double off of him in uh, a one run game earlier this week. So if you can get a hit off of that guy, and not just a hit, but like an extra base hit in like a meaningful one run game uh, that's not easy to do so no. i um i i don't listen i don't know if tristan cassis is going to be the next freddie freeman but he's a big league player and i think that you have to have patience with rookies yeah oh yeah you do and then we have one more before we take a quick break and then break down the series <laughs> this one's terrible why does their team name start with the exact same letter they never pronounce in boston Wow, that's a. I've never really thought of that before. <laughs> um, that's a great question. I would say because you can call them the Ed Sox then, and that's yeah. my name, and that 
you know, change the logo to me running around in red socks? I don't know. Like, that's that's an excellent question. I have no idea. I hear it the most, especially when Bailey is getting like very passionate about a subject. Like I hear that very thick Boston accent and she's been out in, you know, California for a while now, but ooh, that she, comes through when she, she's heated. She has a very thick accent, which is wild because she's from Winchester, which is where my fiance is actually from her and my fiance's little brother were in the same high school class, which is a very small, it's a, it's a real small world sort of thing. But nobody in Allie's family has that has that accent, so I don't know where Bailey gets it from. But uh, yeah, no, she definitely has that uh, like the the old uh, Goodwill Hunting twang. Yeah, <laughs> she is. She's the Matt Damon to my Ben Affleck. All right, I can see that. I I would I would agree that you are the I, I I could see you pulling Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, I could. I could probably pull all of the people that Ben Affleck has been with personally <laughs> I was looking for him last time I was in Boston and one of my friends was like well you were in the wrong neighborhood he works at Dunks now doesn't he what? I, I mean I was, at, I was at a Dunkin and she was like but no you were in the wrong neighborhood for the Dunkin you would have yeah. got him at this one and I was like well, why didn't you tell me that beforehand there were a lot of I mean to be fair like there are like five Dunks per town at, yeah. at a minimum it's it, 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 it's that's the real pandemic is the dunk is dunkin donuts in massachusetts <laughs> all right we're gonna take a quick break to pay bills and we'll be back to break down the series and welcome back once again i've got ed here we are going to talk about this laundry series first we have interesting pitching matchups um today is lucas giolito he's kind of our current ace He's going against Brian Bello. Tomorrow is Lance Lynn against James Paxton. That might be a bloodbath for the White Sox because Lance Lynn has has not been great. His last game, he got 16 strikeouts, but they still lost. But he has been just really bad. Sunday, you've got Cutter Crawford. I don't know who the White Sox are even putting up yet because it's a mess. Uh, Clevenger's, you know, thankfully on the injured list but we did have we did have Tuki come in and make his White Sox debut and pitched four scoreless innings. So I'm hoping he's just like kicking Clevenger out of that spot. Tuki uh, Tucson, there's a name I haven't heard in, well, in a while. One of the many Aves, uh, not Aves, uh, Braves pitching prospects who you know they're they 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 send their guys up very young, and I think that that gives them a longer shell life because they get mm -hmm. that major league experience quickly. He's always had really good stuff, though. Um, the yeah. control was what the issue was with him, so it's kind of I you know hope that he doesn't start against the Red Sox that game because I would like to see uh, the Red Sox sweep the White Sox. Uh -huh. But I'm I'm always rooting for Tukey, though. He's uh, he seems like a good guy. Yeah, I like him. So. That's where we're at. So what are your keys to kind of take this series? Uh, for the Red Sox? I mean, Bayo versus Giolito is going to be interesting because Bayo's been functionally it, – it, it's him and him and Paxton have been the best two starters for the Red Sox this year, but I think Bayo's been more consistent, especially after the first month. Mm -hmm. um, he's just absolutely dominated the Yankees on national television two weeks in a row which was pretty Love cool. That. He had both Sunday night starts and they won both of them. Um, I think he was even better. They won the first one in extra innings 
But I think he was even better in that first one. I think he gave up one run in the second one. And he gave up two in the first, but it was on like kind of a BS uh, base hit up the middle where it hit, it hit second base. Um, on Pest Game Report, we have a, um, we do our like MVPs for the series, but we also have the, uh, uh, well, Hogdale calls it the poop sock. Um, that goes to the worst, uh, the worst player on the team for that. And we gave it to the uh, Yankee Stadium second base for that series because of that hit. <laughs> Um, but Bayo and Giolito, I mean, how's Giolito been this year? Has he been, I, has he been like actually pitching like an ace or is it just like, he's the best that you've got? So he had a rough April, but he somehow completely rebounded and has, has been great. Um, I know there's only been like one kind of rough game since April. And even that I wouldn't say was a bad game. It was just we played a good team. So he's, he's looking a lot more like the ACE kind of like the 2020 Giolito that we had. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but um, a lot of uh, like Red Sox Twitter users with lots of numbers at the end of their name uh-huh. really want the Red Sox to trade like their worst prospects for Giolito and Dylan Cease. I don't know if you knew this or not. Oh, but those guys I've... are, if they're sellers, or even if they're not sellers, I think they uh, they want them to do that. Um, yeah, I, I hear a lot of people that would like to take Lucas. I know my Orioles friends uh, would really appreciate his talent um, at Camden. So uh, that's one I don't want to let go of. But again, we are down very bad to the point where it almost feels like a tanking season. So maybe I'll just take what I can get at this point. I mean, how... How listen? I I'm not watching them every day like you are. I see the record, like the their wins and losses, and I see some of the performances. Like Lancelot, I saw like wow, he struck out 16 guys, and they still lost. How did that happen? But there are still some good players on that team, you know. Like they look at least on paper, they look like they're mm-hmm. one or two guys away from it. You know, you've got Anderson at shortstop and that outfield, or or Eloy and uh, Luis Robert. Are they hurt or um. again? <laughs> No, Eloy's actually, he's having a pretty good month. Like, June has been great for him. He was injured. He came back, and now he's, like, actually seeing the ball. He's hitting the ball. Luis Robert is really streaky. There are games where he is just on fire, and then there are games where I'm just like, who is this? Why is this the bad twin? So... Does he, does he, does he have a mustache when that's happening or something? I'm just like, who is this person? And then, like, even Moncada has been really streaky. They've actually been – well, he's on the injured list now, but there are days where I'm just like, okay, let's put Jake Berger in there instead. Well, there's a fun name. Um, my, now, my favorite guy on the White Sox for a while has been Tim Anderson. Mm-hmm. Is he I, – I, but I saw like, when I was looking at his numbers, like, his power has just kind of disappeared this year. Is he playing hurt again, or, like, is he no longer the, the, the Tim Anderson? He's – so, beginning kind of late last year, it seemed like he really started this kind of downward spiral, and he's carried that over. I think it is some injury. Like, I think it's just something that has extended over time, and he's now just really sluggish because he's not hitting for power. He's striking out more than anything, and, like – he makes so many errors now. There's so many times where I'm just like, that was catchable. That was an easy out. And you'd completely fumbled that. What are like, who are you? 
So it's been really disappointing to see that because he is such a great player. And, you know, he does, he does so much for Chicago, but then again, he does the same for like people in Georgia where he's from, but it's been tough to watch. He, like I said, he hasn't even hit a home run yet this year. He's like the only person on the team. I think that has not hit one this year. Oh yeah. You have another ex Red Sox that just did that. Uh, ben Intendi. Yes. He Benny, Benny, Bo- Benny boyfriend. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so it's it's been interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see. That's, and that's that's going to be. I mean, that's going to I think be a really fun matchup though. Bayo mm-hmm. and Giolito. I'm glad I'm able to to watch that one. Um, I, I feel like Giolito's kind of prone to getting blown up. Like he's either really good or he's really bad, and there isn't a lot of in between. Mm-hmm. And Red Sox got shut out yesterday, so they're either they're either about to like the 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 offense is going to disappear for another few weeks, or they're going to light someone up today and i'm hoping it's the latter uh <laughs> of course you do yeah. but you don't feel, so you don't feel good about Lynn versus Paxton. you don't think that the 16 strikeouts are an indicator that he might be a, he might be because he remember when he got hurt he hurt his knee last year mm-hmm. Lynn, and then he like really sucked and then he had a really good second half like do you think that it might be a situation like that where he just needs to he's just like a second half pitcher or something that is what i'm hoping for I mean, again, I was, I love Lance Lynn, don't get me wrong. I was incredibly disappointed with that Mm. trade because we had a very young Dane Dunning who has been, he's been consistent. And then Lynn has just completely tanked this year. So I'm hoping Mm. that that was not just a one-time thing and he can go back on this path Mm. of being an excellent, like, lights out pitcher. But I also know that James Paxton has, has had a decent year and, and I'm just a little worried about that game because their offense, you know, they are so streaky. So they, like you said, they didn't show up at all for him when he, you know, reached his career high, like he tied his career high strikeout rate. So I mean, that might be the highest strikeout total we see this season. Yeah. It's a lot of strikeouts. Yeah. <laughs> so I am a little worried about that one. Who, so do you think it's going to be Tukey for game three? Or do you think it's going to be like, who would, who, who, I mean, Dylan Cease, it's not going to be him. So no, it won't be Cease or Kopech. They would be the, they would be the A series. Yeah. It could be. Um, I honestly kind of hope it is because he has been rested. You know, he, he had yesterday off and then he'll have, you know, two games off unless they pull him in for relief. So it could very well be him. It is really just up in the air right now. Might it be a bullpen game? Yeah, it could be like Ronaldo Lopez starts and then it's a bullpen game. Because again, we'll be up against the A's the next series. I'd be personally uh, into that with Ronaldo Mm -hmm. Lopez starting. Just because he wasn't he like a closer candidate to start this season when uh, Hendricks went down? Which also, that's great that he, I mean, I know he's on the IL again now, but that's I like that. I'm very happy that he made such a quick recovery with that. That is the Red Sox had something similar uh, years ago with John Lester. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's the last thing you want to hear happen to anybody, especially somebody that seems to be so just such a, a a decent human being. So loved by, I mean, like, I don't know a person that can honestly say they, they can't stand Liam because he is just a joy to baseball. Has um has, is Grafman the closer now? He has been closing quite a bit. Um, him, Tuki closed. You know, the other night because he came in. Um, 
Did he throw like four ratings out of the pen or something? Yeah, he did. Uh, Kopech came out early in that game. He was at 86 pitches, and Pedro just said he kind of wanted to rest him because he was getting – he's thrown a lot lately. Um, And then I think it might have been Aaron Bummer. It was Aaron Bummer and Jimmy Lambert that came in for an inning, and then Tuki came in and just closed it down. Um, But it's been like Bummer sometimes. Sometimes it's Graveman. Raylo. They have so many depressing names on the team between Bummer and Graveman. Like, is there like a guy who's like, like you just need Scott Downs to come back? <laughs> yeah. Um, but and Raylo has been really versatile. Like he can he can start a game, he can come in and eat a couple of innings, you know, as a middle reliever, and he can close. But he's not consistent enough for me to feel comfortable with him doing all of those roles. Yeah. No, that. That kind of makes sense. Like you need you need a guy like that on the team, though, that can throw in a bunch of like Cutter Crawford has basically been that for the Red Sox, who's the mm-hmm. number three starter there. He's in the rotation now. He started the season as the number four starter, and then Sale and because Sale and Bayo started uh, late. Well, sorry, it was Bayo and I think Paxton were hurt to start the season. Oh, and Whitlock too. <laughs> they were in uh, the rotation. They started kind of slow this year, uh, but. Uh, They've, since he was really good out of the pen, usually in like three inning bursts, and now he's back in the rotation. So it, it's really good to have arms like that, though, that, that can just pitch in a multitude of roles. I think it's Nick Pavetta doing that now for the Sox, who I think is much better out of the pen than he was in the rotation. He'd go on these runs occasionally, but he's just so inconsistent. Um, but I, I mean... It's going to be an. Inter- I, I could see this series going in a lot of ways. I could see either team sweeping. I could see it being a very close two out of three uh, for either one. It's they're they're similar in a lot of ways. I think that, and I don't mean this in a mean way or anything. I think that the White Sox are a bit more dysfunctional right now. It seems like I was. I'm sure you've talked about this on shows, but. Those oh, yeah. reports of uh, players requesting to be traded. It just seems like, I mean, it seems like it kind of started with the, that whole Larusa thing last year. Um, so I think that can make a difference in these series that might on paper be a little closer. Um, but, you know, I'm also saying this from a Red Sox fan perspective. So maybe uh, maybe with Mike Clevenger getting hurt, that's like exercise, exercised all of their demons. I don't know. That, yeah. I'm trying to, you know, say that's karma. And it's also saving me a little bit of money right now because I, I always donate when he starts. I have uh, I have a Clevenger bobblehead, and it's not it's because I went to a Columbus Clippers game and they were giving them away. And I don't know what to do with it now. Because I don't want to have it, but I, I don't want to just like throw it in the trash either. I kind of want to like you know, like maybe like ritualistically sacrifice it yeah, or something. I was gonna say, like, we could hex it, we could burn it. Like either of those things work, but yeah, no, he just FaceTime me when you do it. I will you know what? If when I decide what I'm gonna do with it, I will send you video of whatever that is. Thank you. Because it's gonna be something and like even the guy just seems like such a scumbag. Like even like you can you know, with like whatever allegations, whatever, like you know how there are sometimes players where you're you're surprised when it turns out that they're scumbags because they hide it well. Mm-hmm. He, doesn't. he never even like he never even put in the effort for that. You do know what his you know song was at the beginning of the season to come out to, right? I actually don't. It was Gold Digger. Are you serious? And then when they said, "Hey, 
that's in poor taste. He got defensive with like someone interviewing him. And he was like, unless he's like, I'm here to talk about baseball. So unless you're a music producer, I'm not going to answer your question. They got to get a music producer to do that interview, though. Yeah, the one of the producers for a Nirvana record was like, "Yeah, that's really shitty of him." <laughs> it, you know, there was a there was a controversy with the Red Sox earlier in like a few weeks ago, um, where a minor leaguer, uh, Matt Dermody, came up to the majors, and he had uh, previously posted a bunch of uh, really just homophobic uh, tweets. And now you might think, oh, this happened when he was in high school. Like, kids are like that are trying to be it. No, he was 30 when he was tweeting this stuff. So, you know, it was like, well, you can bring up this guy or you can bring up literally anybody else in your system. Why would you bring up this guy? And, you know, like the immediate um, the, the immediate discourse that came up in Twitter is very predictable. Where it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just It's just baseball freedom of speech. And the thing that I always think of with this, and it's the same thing with Clevenger, is just because you have freedom of speech doesn't mean, like, other people can't think you're an asshole. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean freedom of, like, being judged by other people and freedom to just not have consequences for your actions. It just means you can't go to jail for it. And th that's what always pisses me off with this stuff. Like, I I'm sorry, Mike. Like, like, like you did something stupid there and uh, there's zero situational awareness and you're in a, a job where it's extremely high profile and there are going to be all kinds of people watching you from all different walks of life. And uh, you could potentially cost your employers money by being an asshole. So maybe you might want to consider that before you go and do it. Yeah. And he's, he's still not an asshole. He, he settled basically by promising therapy that, Rumor has it he's yet to even attend. So, you know, is what it is with him. Not to mention, like, you can't just go to therapy and, like, everything's cured. Like, I hate that whole, like, oh, men have to go to therapy. Like, it, it's not that simple. You can go to therapy and not get anything from it. Like, you have to actually want to be there. It has to be a conscious choice to, to do it. It's uh, it's it's an entirely different conversation that um, is, uh, yeah, it's, we could do an entire episode on on just dysfunctional men in sports. <laughs> yeah, I will probably at some point write a follow-up to my domestic violence article about oh that in baseball with the dysfunctional players. I, I hope that you deactivate the comments for that when you uh, post it because there are just... It's not, I have found in my experience that it is not worth the headache a lot of the time. And but if you're gonna do it, just do the best damn job that you can on it, and you know, like, you don't have to listen to people that are going to hate you no matter what. Yeah, it'll be a mess. All right, so I want to be cognizant of your time, so we'll do a little almost speed round. Okay, let's do so, it. Who is the biggest threat right now on the Red Sox for this series? Uh, Justin Turner's been absolutely red hot right now, so I would say him. Do you have a fear heading into this series? My fear is always that Tristan Cassis is going to do badly because I am always rooting for him, and the people that hate him really hate him here, and I don't want them to win. Fair. And then in the kind of general MLB portion, um, your 
pleasant surprise team and the team that you are really just shocked about that are either doing very poorly or, you know, however you want to classify that. Uh, pleasant surprise, Cincinnati Reds. I mean, did anybody have them pegged for first place? Uh, Absolutely not. I mean, it's division, but still, like, that's been, I, I have friends in Cincinnati. I got to go to a Reds game in 2019. Really good fans, beautiful stadium. Um, just really happy for them. It's great when things are going well for Cincinnati. It's great yeah. for baseball. Um, that that stadium is like an hour and a half away from me. So oh, I've spent awesome. so much time there. Yeah, it was the same weekend I got the Clevenger bobblehead because I went to a Columbus Clippers game and then we drove two hours to a Reds game and I got a Scott Shedler, remember him, uh, uh, bobblehead there. So those are, I think, probably my two most obscure ones that I own. I haven't heard that name in forever. I know, I know. Um, but no, the Reds are really uh, good. As far as um, teams that I thought were going to be better. If I'm being completely honest, I thought the White Sox were going to be better uh, than they've been. I think, uh, I think I would say that I'm trying to think if there are any other teams. I mean, the Yankees are, they have a good record, but they've looked like they don't have an offense right now. Like without they, Aaron judge, like they nearly they, got no hit last night. I know it was great. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, so I, when they get judged back, they'll probably be better. And, you know, they have good pitching. But those are kind of the two. I just thought, I guess, that the the Yankees would be a little bit. I didn't think that they'd be getting blown out of the division by like the Rays and the uh, the Orioles. The Orioles have been another pleasant surprise, but I feel like everybody everybody's been saying them as one of their good teams. And when you look at them on paper, other than the pitching, it's kind of like, okay, no, that makes sense. Yeah, they were my team I picked last year that would have a good year this year because you you saw the kind of steadiness. Yeah, coming I through thought- last year. Yeah, I thought that they might take a step back this year and then next year be, like, really, really good just because of, you know, like, sophomore slump with – and guys, to be fair, there have been guys with their sophomore slumps like um, like Gunnar Henderson, but they've just been able to play really solid ball all around. And, you know, it's still a long season. We're not even at the halfway mark yet, so a lot can still happen. I remember uh, June last year, the Red Sox went, like, 20 and 4 or something like that, and then – July came around and they just fell completely flat on their faces. So there's still just because you're doing well now doesn't mean you're going to be a contender uh, in September, but you know, still better to be good now than not to be good now. All right. Well, that's what I've got for you. So here's where you plug your socials and again, where we can find you because you are way too funny and I enjoy our friendship, so everyone else should have Ed oh, as a friend. That's very kind of you. I uh, I enjoy our friendship as well, and it's a real pleasure doing another show with you. Um, I I think these are the episodes, some of the episodes that I look the most forward to. So uh, thank you again for having me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at EdHand89. Um, I am a co-host on Pesky Report. That's just at Pesky Report. I think the uh, role that I'm the most proud of is social media manager for Sox Prospects, number one source for all uh, things Red Sox minor leagues. That's at Sox Prospects. Um, I've been with them since 2019. Um, any of the posts that you see there are going to be from me. Um, that's where I get to do the more analytical baseball stuff or just talking about prospects that no one else is really uh following to the degree that degree that's the stuff that i really really love doing so uh that's where you can that's where you can follow me (laughs) 
All right. Well, perfect. Again, thank you so much for joining. I'm sure we will chat again in the near future, maybe on the Pesky Report. But thank you for having one of our own other Southside Sox writers, uh, Christina. She's she's a peach. I love her. So, all right. Well, that's it. Best of luck to you, and we'll chat soon. Yeah. See you later. Bye, Willow.